Welcome back. We're Soccer Girl Props and it's Lady Ballers. Welcome back to the Soccer Girl Props podcast. We are, we have such an awesome guest today, don't we? She, her name's Brandi Chastain. You guys know her. She is the woman who scored the PK in the 1999 Women's World Cup. And there's that iconic photo of her in her sports bra celebrating. Shannon, you have like a picture that you made, right? made a collage we'll have to post it when we do this um i'm actually i was looking at it before she's an icon she was our idol growing up she's still like i feel like our hero. she's still <laughs> yeah but it was such a great podcast and it was a lot of fun so i hope you guys enjoy it everyone listen to her advice she's so smart and amazing and we're also taking her advice <laughs> enjoy <laughs> There she is. Brandy! What's happening? How are you? How did the uh, watch go with Fox? It was fun. We had a really good time. Of course, you know, we always get to laughing and reminiscing is always fun, you know. (laughs) It's so entertaining to watch it along with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, that was a long time ago, so you kind of forget some of the moments and you're like, whoa, damn, that was crazy i was i was catching up on it today and i was impressed that you guys remembered as as much as you did <laughs> oh, well thank you i'll take that as a compliment yeah i mean because when i look back to when we played there are obviously some some things i remember but it's really so blurry for me right now mm. yeah it's not super concrete either for me at times i'll tell you that well, you have the video of of the game at least which is amazing <laughs> yes yes i mean i I mean, if I had to re- try to recall all of that stuff without it, no way. You know when you, like, black out from adrenaline, too? Yes, I yes. feel like that probably big chunks you would miss if you weren't able to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I think, you know, when JP would say, like, well, how are you feeling right now? I'm like, honestly, I think we were brain dead for half the time, just, like, you know, just running on not just adrenaline, but just – muscle memory you know yeah because you've done it so many times but you're not really thinking um exactly what you need to do so um yeah you know (laughs) you do it it's like riding a bike you don't think about pedaling yeah Um, that's true yeah you go on autopilot for a little bit of it yeah (laughs) yeah speaking of blacking out like did you honestly we're just gonna dive right in but when you scored the penalty kick to win the World Cup, like was when you took your shirt off, did you black out and do that, or was that something that you kind of planned to do? Oh like, no, no, I didn't plan to do it because I never thought that I would be in that moment. Like, and by the time, you know, from the regular get, you know, regular ninety minutes, then into the overtime, and then you're just trying to talk yourself through not making any gigantic mistake. Yeah. Um. You know, you're just trying to stay as much in the moment, like we said on the broadcast. Like, you, nobody wanted to make the mistake, right? Mm-hmm. That was going to cost the game. And so then it just became like, okay, it's penalty kicks time. And again, I was preoccupied with two things. One was, you know, not letting Gao Hong do exactly what she did to me last time by get, kind of giving me a little stare down and the weird wink. And then... <laughs> um, 
and then had the first time she did that when we played earlier in the year and you know i put the ball down to take a penalty and she was standing right there and she she had this really big broad smile and she winked and smiled and i was like what is happening (laughs) and and so you know i was kind of a little bit out of you know the rhythm yeah blew the whistle I hit the ball and I hit it pretty hard but it hit the crossbar it came out we ended up losing that game two to one. Oh gosh so I was like that's not happening again so don't look at the goalkeeper was my primary when I was walking up to the ball and then prior to that was I did not know what number I was in order but I because and Lil said during the broadcast well I listened and I was like I never heard I do not recall the order being said <laughs> at all. Oh, but and, she claims that it was said? Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, because I was listening. And I was like, I never heard it. I mean, I knew I was taking one, but I didn't <laughs> know, you know, in what order we were going. So um, I was a little bit nervous going out to the middle because I didn't want to interrupt anybody else's preparation for getting ready to take a kick by saying, hey, uh, what number... I don't know what number I am. Like, they'd be like, oh, my God, what is, you know, then get a little nervous. So I just waited for someone to say, hey, it's your turn. <laughs> it didn't happen until the end. So it, and so going back to your original question was there wasn't any time for thinking about, okay, what am I going to do if, you know, every penalty had gone in one, two, and, our, you know, then Brian made a save. And so I just thought we, we had won the game. You know, I already, I felt like we were, we were all going to make our penalty kicks and Bri had made a save. That's all you need. You need one yeah. not goal. And so I was just, I, th- I think I was more so thinking, let's just get to the end of this thing and enjoy it. That, that was it. Do you talk to yourself when you play? Oh, in that game? Hell yeah. Yeah, right? Like, what, sure. sure. How would you pump yourself up in your own head? Would it be like a calming voice or would you like try and really amp yourself up? I always wonder that because I feel like I have whole conversations in my head while I'm playing. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm kind of a exterior talker too. So I think initially the way I feel more calm is to give instruction because then I, at least I know that if I'm saying something to someone, we, the two of us are on the same page. Mm-hmm. So that's calming for me. Um, kind of just staying in the game with that general kind of organization uh, piece. And then I think in the end of that game, it was, no, there was no amping. Everything was just trying to be calm. Like, you know, just where's the, where's the nearest attacker? Where's my teammate? Am I in the right position? I mean, I don't know. Did you listen to yesterday's commentary? I got a chunk of it. Yeah. Carly listened to it. I, I, yeah, half of it. Yeah. So we, you know, we were talking about kind of at the end of that game, the game got really stretched. And, well, I mean, I think through most of the game, the game was really stretched. But, I mean, there were so many games we played where the the field, we would compact the field, right? And so in this game, the backs were here and their backs were here and the midfield was kind of in between. And, you know, there was – nobody wanted the ball to get behind them. And so it it wasn't really the typical game that we would play um, as – I just think that we would have compacted the space more, but in those moments when you know that, especially in the overtime, when golden goal is on, you can't give anything up. So the voices are just like 
be steady, be steady, stay in the right position. Don't get stretched out of shape or too far away from um, where you should be. Golden goal is the best rule. Did you like that or hate it? No, no, I like it. I actually think it, 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 um, I think it brings excitement to the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I like it also because then you can see, you know, the tactics, the more of the tactics, then, you know, were both teams sitting back Were there times like China came out right away. And one of the questions was JP said, okay, it's the start of the first overtime. What do you see? I'm like, Oh my God, a sea of red jerseys just running at me. <laughs> like um, they were coming and coming and coming. And so, uh, and then we kind of flipped that a little bit on them and we kind of were going and going and going. So I think it was kind of a back and forth game. It was like punch, counter punch, um, you know, dance around a little bit, jab, jab, <laughs> Um, you know, duck, duck. Oh, that was close. You know, big swing and a little bit of a miss. And so it was really back and forth. Um, and JP, I think, said it really well at the end of the broadcast yesterday, which was, you know, the, those were two very evenly matched teams. I mean, the only difference was one penalty kick. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it, it's crazy. And, and it was fun. I mean, that's the kind of game you hope for. Isn't that crazy? And I feel like it started such a momentum. Like that was like such yeah. a turning point, and just not even just the fandom, but of like little girls dreaming. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like like that really started the momentum and everything. Like, do you? How do you like how the game's grown so far since then? Well, I love the fact that the game is is become broader for women. You know, around the globe. You know, I'm obviously I think all of us would agree that we're not happy where we sit in the financial space in sports, but, um, you know, I I just think back to how many national teams weren't even considering their women's side of the program at all. And that there were so, and, you know, people are always, I, I, I hear this many, many times over the last five to 10 years, the rest of the world is catching up and, I don't think the rest of the world is catching up. The rest of the world is just being shown to the rest of the world that we actually do play soccer. You know, they've been playing. They've just been playing soccer in anonymous ways. And, you know, when push has come to shove, finally, you know, these federations are being forced to allow their women's team to have the space. And so now we're all getting the privilege of watching. So I think they've always been good. I think, you know, the players have always been good structurally or organizationally, um, opportunist, you know, opportunity wise, it just hasn't been the same for them. And that's the difference now. It's just all of a sudden, it's just opening up to young girls who never had a chance. I have a friend who lives um, on the East Coast and her husband's are Armenian. And so they, she has a they have a daughter and a son and they both play soccer and she's playing now on the youth U 17 Armenian national team. And she goes over there every now and again. And I just had a a call with them during this whole, you know, pandemic and talking, they scored their first ever international goal as a country within the last six months. 
and I watched the video and watched their excitement and oh my god like it just gives me chills thinking like you know they they live in a place where they didn't they weren't felt that it was valuable for them to participate those players existed they just never had a stage to play on and so there's you know countless countries that are like that and countless young girls who were feeling what they're feeling and now getting a chance yeah i i love that and i think social media plays such a huge role in that too now i mean i can't even believe how many you know fans follow the u.s women's national team account i think i I don't even know off the top of my head i think it's over two million um but all all of these young girls are able to see like the everyday life of the being a pro and like just having that uh the u.s use that as a stage to to promote women's soccer and the and the successes that can come from it it's just really inspiring and i know that was definitely a piece that was missing when you guys played but um, I, I think there's a, a pro, a pro to that too, though. Cause like you guys played because you, you truly loved the game. Like you, you weren't paid, you basically were paid nothing and you continued yeah. to play, you know? Yeah. yeah Brandy, do you see that as a, a more of a positive or negative social media? Like, do you think it would have been a distraction for you guys? Or do you think it, it would have been better because it would have helped you gain more of an audience? Um, I think both. I think, you know, imagine how much Julie Foudy would have been up all in our faces, even more so than she was. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think it, I think it goes both ways. You know, I think there's a lot of great um, aspects about social media. Uh, and I'm just kind of getting my toes wet really with, you know, since this pandemic has started that, you know, how can I use it for good and to share things that are um, have been really positive in my life and, and people want to hear the story. So I think it's, you know, it's helpful. You know, I think it's corruptive when it's misused and it's used in harmful ways. Um, you know, I'm, I am not a big proponent of, um, comparing myself or anybody comparing their themselves to anybody else. Like it's, you just can't do it. It's, it doesn't, you there's something unique about you that makes you different so um you know seeing somebody's beautiful instagram or um you know having them say oh i'm on this fabulous vacation and you thinking oh i can't go on vacation or you know like that's not my life you know i don't know i just feel like put using it for good phenomenal Mm -hmm. using it to hurt people's feelings you know i think that I, I don't really, I don't subscribe to that. I, I think it's hard for a lot of young, like female athletes though, not to find themselves comparing themselves to others on, you know, Instagram and social media. Why do you think that is? I mean, I did my, my senior thesis and we, you know, we were talking about images in media, you know, just on the cover of a magazine. I mean, gosh, I can't imagine what the study would be now um, with Instagram and you know, and again, I like Instagram. I think Instagram has wonderful features. I think, you know, Facebook has wonderful features. I think Twitter has wonderful features. Um, it, you know, and we have to just kind of walk that fine line between um, those good and bad moments. But, um, you know, we talked about, we studied, you know, the images of females and the way those images made them feel. And, 
you know, was that a society saying that or was that internally we as individuals saying that and, or could we even separate those two things? And so I, I really feel what we, like I'm a coach now. My job is to make sure that I tell my kids, like, I can't compare Katie to Atiana. Number one, they don't play the same position. Uh, number two, they, they have certainly they live in different places and they have different likes and they look completely different and neither one is better or worse. No, it's funny. Me and Carly did our senior thesis on the, almost the same thing as you. Come on. Shannon. Wow. I completely forgot about that. We found, which was interesting when we were doing it, the studies that we were looking at all said that it was actually female athletes who were having an even more negative self body image. Mm. I can see that other athletes. Yeah. I uh, think we got, I think we did pretty good on it. Right, Carl. I, I can't believe that I forgot that we did this. Wow. <laughs> but would, um, you say, would you say that the, the results were driven because athletes were in a physical space? Like they were more, cons- they were more aware of body than maybe an average person who, you know, who does athletics for exercise, but not really in a kind of a competitive space. I feel like you have that pressure of performance and mm-hmm. appearance. Yeah. And a lot of the times we interlace those two things together. Like I remember being a freshman in college and I was absolutely convinced that the thinner I was, the more fit I was. Mm-hmm. I would be faster if I was thinner. I would have better conditioning if I was thinner. So mm-hmm. I associated like this like skinny ass toned, body with being able to perform better and when that those two get so intertwined with each other I feel like that's why females sometimes look like we'll look at a body for performance and appearance Mm -hmm. it's so true it really is and I don't know it's it is so interesting now because we were even talking to one of the U.S. players um recently and she was saying that she was comparing herself to to what was you know who was getting pulled up on other teams or what you know like what would people think about her if she didn't make a team or anything like that and it's just so interesting because you really didn't have that back then so it just makes me think like did you like did you ever find yourself I don't know like how did you well I think there's always going to be comparison I mean I think the difference is we just did it kind of like in person Mm -hmm. right yeah so (laughs) but you see a player like Michelle Akers walk onto the field and you're like, holy shit. Like that is a, that is a strong athlete. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, well, I'm not five ten, and you know, I don't have, I, I, I'm not built like that. So what does that mean? You know, I think if you're a confident person, you understand that we're all different. Like I will, you know, Tiffany Roberts is another perfect example you know, Tiffany Roberts is this tiny five foot two, probably maybe five foot, maybe five, yeah, probably five foot two, five foot three. Um, you know, if you put her next to Michelle Akers, you'd be like, oh, she's so cute. Yeah. But then, then she could run, she could, her heart rate was like a hummingbird. Yeah. Like she could run up and down the field forever. Right. So then you're like, okay, maybe I want to be, I'm going to be like TR. And then I'm like, okay, I'm really, that's not me either. I'm kind of somewhere in between. So, um, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like, um, the act of mirroring. So like when you look at someone else, you actually see 
what they are, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And it makes you reflect on what you're good at or what you're, you know, not the best at. And I think it's so interesting because it kind of makes you, if you, if you think about it, it can make you think about all the positive things and the things that you are good at that you should focus on when you're, I guess, comparing yourself to others. I think, and I think yeah. that's only if you have positive people around you who, yeah. who give you that kind of perspective, right? I think that's part of why being a teenager is difficult because if you're only seeing images, there's no real conversation about, well, what does that mean and how does it make you feel and what do you think about yourself and, you know, you're really good at this and this is where you, you know, Mm -hmm. you find your happiness and you can also be happy for somebody if they are, you know, I don't want to use the word successful because that's a very broad word in my opinion i i find it very difficult to reconcile that word but i think um you know if if they're showing that they are um experiencing things in in a way that maybe you're interested in experiencing them how can you do it in your way Mm -hmm. right and that's the yeah key too because even when you mix social media into it i think a lot of girls especially like players today they don't realize that they're seeing the best snapshot of someone's life every time they're on social yep. media. People aren't right. posting the least flattering picture of themselves that they took on vacation. They're posting the most flattering picture and you know, their accomplishments and all that. So you're got, you're not getting a full picture of a human being. And that's why like, I love players like Sydney LaRue <laughs> and Alex Morgan who will post like very real, embarrassing, no shame moments. Yeah. And I think it's so important. Like everyone forgets, like we're not just sitting here watching a movie of the best parts of everyone's, life and I feel like yeah really lost in that maybe I, maybe I'm too old but if I say Chrissy Teigen I think is like that yes right? he's like, awesome he's crazy wacky man I love, <laughs> that. I love that girl she's just so real that's what it is like I think that's one of the things that we try to do um I mean even since like our senior year when we were doing our thesis it's kind of showed you like it, so you can use social media and make it a good thing and and it's kind of surrounding yourself with positive people like you said we don't want to just show like the great pictures and that's kind of what Sagropod is about. It's like showing all the moments and, yeah. and being okay with those, you know, not the, the perfect moments and laughing and accepting it and trying to get better from those times. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Work up. So would you say that your teammates growing up, even the ones on the national team were, were very positive, like positive people to be around? Cause I know you said that was definitely, that's definitely important. Um, for for players when they're when they're developing, I think that I think. I mean, you have to think about the environment, right? Super ultra uber competitive. So, I think sometimes there's a connotation that when you're competitive, it's not positive. Uh, and I think some of some of that is learning, right? So it's maturing. It's you know, I think if I was a younger player. But sorry, when I look back on myself as a younger player, I honestly did not have a good balance of competition, challenging myself, expectations, and my relationship with others on my team. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like, you know, I wanted to win every time. I wanted to be the reason why I, my team won. I didn't care about how you felt, whether I was being nice or not. And, just move out of the way if you can't handle the pressure. I mean, you know, and so then when I found 
these other women who were similar to me. And I felt like sometimes they pushed me in the way I pushed other people. Then I kind of understood like, oh, this is a, you know, you have to check yourself. It goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. It goes both ways. You got to check yourself. And, uh, and sometimes I think there's players who handle that kind of pressure with a growth mindset. Okay. I'm going to work harder or I'm going to work different or I'll work smarter. I'll work more efficiently. And then there's people who are the resistance, right? It comes your way. You put, you just like, I'm not, I'm going farther away from what you want because you're pushing me. And I had to learn that balance. And I think that was a really positive learning experience for me. It, I think, you know, my, my graph on the X, Y access time and improvement and maturity was like exponential. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was a disaster. It was so up and down and backwards and over and sideways and stupid. And, you know, it was, but I mean, that was my path, right? I needed to go through all those learning moments because uh, I hadn't experienced being around people like myself, you know, very often when I was younger. And so I didn't have a really great place to work from. Has that played a role with how you coach your team now? It does. And it sometimes inhibits me and it sometimes um, helps me, right? Because there's definitely times when, I mean, there's all the time when I want to win the game because I want to win the game. (laughs) But I don't, I'm now to the point where, like, I know I'm not sacrificing the process to win the game. Yes. You know, I, I don't, and I'm, telling my players that and I'm you know but but somewhere in that coaching I want them to have that aha moment where they see that if if they do that thing just a little bit different or just a little bit more efficiently they'll get the outcome they want and I have to pull myself back from that and let them experience finding that moment and that's sometimes hard for me for sure And that's like parenting too. Like I, you know, I want to help my son so bad, but if I do it too much, then he doesn't do it himself. And that's a real tricky balance. That must've been a huge shift going from a player mindset to a coaching mindset too. And then like also coaching a team where you recognize players who are probably more like you were and recognize players who were the opposite of how you were and having to make one cohesive functioning unit. Yeah, it's and it's a, every day is a challenge, you know, who shows up to the Zoom meeting and who's on, you know, who's ready to go. And, you know, you, you can count on some kids to do one thing and others to do another. And then when they don't, you're like, OK, well, OK, you're either surprised or you're like, oh, come on. Like, you know, so um, I and I think that's what, what, you know, coaching is wearing multiple hats. It's you have to. You have to be as agile and nimble as the players do. And it's fun. You know, I love it when the kids figure something out and they just, it brings this big smile to their face. Like, oh my God, I just did that, you know? And so that's fun. Are you guys doing Zoom workouts? Are you having Zoom like team meetings? Oh, we're doing it all. (laughs) We are doing it all. We We are watching. So we're doing analysis we're doing um workouts 
or doing, I ask them to make me videos of, you know, what they're doing. Uh, I'm this week, I've set them up into, I've created four teams and next week they're going to be responsible for running the practice on zoom and what exercises we'll do and coaching so that they can kind of have a different perspective and appreciate that, that process and, you know, having to give each other feedback. Um, and then I've asked them to come up collectively with a creative exercise for the group that's not soccer related. And, you know, it could be somebody draws a picture and we're going to have a coloring contest or, I mean, making a crossword puzzle or I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, But um, the group has to do it. And so I think, you know, it's a way to kind of be in the mental space without having to exert any physical um, energy and kind of you're, using a different part of their brain. So you're keeping it's been good. Yeah, you're keeping the team together, and I feel like that's just it's fun activities for them to do, even not not soccer related, which is awesome. And it's something that it's the piece that's missing right now because we all can't be together. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, well, it's fun. It's fun, and the parents actually are missing it. You know, the parents and their fan and the kids' families are really a part of what we're doing, right? Um, you know, I think. I think soccer parents get a bad rap, um, you know, like any other parent who's, you know, um, on the sideline, they're trying to, um, just, they just need to be flipped over one more time. Sorry. Um, <laughs> something good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got some ribs in the oven. They're going. Yeah. I am jealous. <laughs> yeah. So it's Cinco de Mayo, you know, we're going to be having a, we're gonna have to, to taking we're taking dinner outside to the back, backyard today. Love it. Yeah. So um, and um, so what was I saying? Oh, and the parents. You know, for I mean, I think the parents get a bad rap, and I really enjoy the parents. I love that they have questions. I mean, I'm I am probably the biggest pain in the neck for my son's teachers, but I'm interested. I want my son to know I'm interested, even though he's like, oh, my God, you're so interested. Like, <laughs> please stop being so interested. But, you know, I had parents who were in the middle of things, and I, I really felt like that that was, like, a way for them to show that they were supporting me. And yeah. so, you know, if the parents have questions, I, I don't say, like, hey, keep it to yourself. This is between your your player and me. No. If, if there's a problem that we can't solve – I'm happy to talk to the parents and I'm happy to discuss why we do what we do. And I don't know all the answers. I'm Um, sure a lot of parents wish they had coaches like you. Yeah. Very unique. (laughs) Yeah. Why is that though? Why should that be unique? Right. Why shouldn't that just be, um, cause uh, I, I feel like some parents, Nana, can you turn it down to three fifty? Yeah. Thank you. Um, I feel like some parents want to speak, for the child, like instead of the child. And that's where I think it, it's like you were saying, you're, you're stepping in and doing it for them and they don't have, the kid doesn't have to communicate with their coach because the parent is making themselves the main communicator. And I feel like that's like, I've had some coaches that were like, I don't want to talk to your parent. If you have want to talk to you, you'll talk to me. But I do love that idea of like, they're in it. They're there. They're paying for them to play their whole life. They're a big part of this whole process so they drive everywhere yes they're they're invested 
You know what's funny? Did you, have you been watching the Michael Jordan um, doc? Yes. Even he's in the NBA and he's the best player in the world and his dad is still helping him and like talking to his coaches. Yeah. And, the, <laughs> yeah. and his mom said, Michael, you will go to Nike to have yeah. that meeting. <laughs> I loved when I saw that. I was like, yeah, yeah mom. His mom's so cute. She's such a boss. He is so cute. Um, yeah, I, I feel that, um, you know, having open communication allows for less um, tension. Yeah. You know, less tension. It, this, is, this process is not my process. This is, this is um, the kid's process. This is, you know, this is what I remember as being the most, probably the, the happiest times of my life. You know, my family, my friends on soccer, we'd go to a tournament, we'd go to have lunch, we'd stay the night in a place, you know, that felt like 100 million miles away, but was probably like 30 minutes away. And, you know, we did sleepovers and we just had a great time. And we had tailgate parties when, you know, for the professional games and it was fun. Like, I don't want soccer to be a job for these kids. It needs to be fun. I was just going to say, too, my mom is was devastated when we stopped playing soccer because she was like, that was part of my life like that. <laughs> like it's a part it's more of a partnership. And that's why I love what you're doing, because like sometimes there are coaches who are like, OK, I'm the authority. Like no one should question who I put in the game and all of that. And it could get very there is a lot of tension a lot of the yeah. time. So I just love your approach. And I think everyone should really take note that it is more of a partnership yeah i mean if we're not rowing the boat in the same direction we're going nowhere you know does that mean we're going to always get along or we're always going to see things the same no but we can have we absolutely can have discussions that you know where we can appreciate where we're coming from Mm -hmm. um we can respect each other and you know things could go your way this week or my way next week. And, you know, like nobody, I'm not keeping score on those things. Like those things that that's, it doesn't really matter to me. Just is the kid improving, enjoying the environment, making friends. And if they're not, then let's talk about it. I had a kid who I thought was outstanding, great leadership qualities. She was a little bit newer to the team and um, had, I think had a, difficult time somewhat assimilating into the group because you know when you have a kind of a solid group and then people join it's hard right it's hard to infiltrate those things Mm -hmm. and that's again we we were talking about social media it's like you know who's on the outside and who's in the middle and who's looking at who and who's important and and she decided not to continue to play and I was heartbroken because I really liked the kid and maybe I was tough on her at times because I had I felt that she was a great example to her teammates and, you know, I had higher, maybe I had higher expectations for her and she didn't really feel like that that was good for her. And, and I'm hoping that someday she decides to, you know, either come back to us or, you know, decide to play somewhere else. But, um, you know, that's, you can't, you can't make everybody love it. And, yeah. um, you know, it, goes, it, it, it keeps you humble and it keeps you aware. And I'm grateful for her being on the team and helping me to be a better coach. I know that.
Yeah, that's awesome. We have so many people right now who are kind of, they're coming to us, they're freaking out because they can't be seen in front of college coaches and they can't, you know, do this, that, and the other thing to be, to, to, for the recruiting process. So is there any advice that you would give lady ballers right now to focus on like any um, certain aspects of the game? Yeah. Lady ballers, take a deep breath. Um, (laughs) Everybody's in the same boat. This is the, you know, I think when, when these things happen, we always feel like it's, it's happening to me. It's everybody right now. Mm -hmm. Coaches are in the same boat. Players are in the same boat. Um, We all want to be back onto the field. I think this is a great time to get to know yourself. You know, whether that's meditate, whether that's do yoga, whether that's, you know, get stronger, whether that's be a little bit fitter, whether that's spend more time juggling or hitting the ball against the wall or, you know, getting your brother to come out and play with you. Um, You know, this is a great time to evaluate you. Mm -hmm. Where am I right now? And what are my strengths? Uh, how can I keep those my strengths? And what are the things that maybe I haven't had a chance to look at because there just hasn't been time. I've been doing school and soccer and I have to travel and you know I just have homework. And so I don't have time to do those things. And I think this, for me, I'm always a glass is half full. Something good is coming out of this. I think this pandemic for my team is that they will be much more aware of their body. They will know how it feels or how it moves or, you know, like they have muscles right now that they didn't even know existed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a great revelation. And I think right now for these young girls, it's like, take control of yourself. What do you need? I love it. And I know you're going to say you need soccer. Well, you don't have that right now. So that's not the option. So stop thinking about that. Get onto what you can do. You know, do what you can do. Exactly. Control control the things you can control. If you have, if you live in a place where you can go outside and, and go running, or you have a park that has, God would have a soccer goal that would be open. Like we have a couple girls on our team who are so lucky that they live across from like a junior college and it has no fence around it. So they go out there and they knock balls into the goal. And I mean, they're lucky. But I have a kid who doesn't have that, and she goes out into her backyard, and she posted up like a – she took a, a sheet and kind of hung it loosely, and so she can strike the ball into it, and it doesn't bounce off. It just kind of dies, and she gets it. She comes back. She does it again. It's awesome. So, you know, you just have to be slightly creative. Um, it's such a good reminder, though. It really is because I feel like you can get wrapped up in this anxiety of, like, oh, my God, I don't have soccer. I don't have my team. But, like – there are things, so many things, as you mentioned, that are in our control that you can work on now. And a lot of the times you don't need a soccer ball to, to yeah. stay fit. And, you know, you can watch soccer. You could do so oh, many things. Huge. Yeah, yeah. That is huge. But I think it's also even beyond that car. It's just like, what else, what else about yourself do you want to find out? Like you might be a great baker or you might be a great cook or a painter or a poet or um, maybe you could do Zoom babysitting. Like maybe you're really good at telling stories. You know, maybe you, mm-hmm. you, you can uh, engage some young people with reading to them. You know, like there's so many things that you can learn about yourself if you give yourself a chance. Um, and 
you're going to be better on the other end because then when it comes time to write that resume to that college and you say during the pandemic this is what i did this and this is what i learned this is what i learned about myself maybe this is the best piece of advice i can give all the lady ballers out there yeah what did you learn about yourself during this time that mm. you didn't know and it. how will it help you go how will it help you going forward i love this because so many of us left the game of soccer when we graduated and we didn't know anything about ourselves besides soccer. Like we yeah. did, like I could speak personally for me. I had no idea. I felt like I was useless after soccer because I just never discovered other things about myself. Like I really love drawing and I love sticking to it now. It's something that I love doing. So it's so true. Like just finding out what are some non-soccer things that you enjoy doing and your passions and make sure you you do you include Sorry, them Cara, i had to go that's okay when you were talking about that that's okay this book? this book oh yes this is exactly what you're talking about personal next like what are you going to do next who's the author so everyone can look it yes. up yes melinda harrison she is a former athlete herself i mean not former i shouldn't say that like you know when an olympian you're always an athlete um, once an athlete always an athlete um, you have a body, you're an athlete, basically. You can do something. Um, but she found herself struggling with the same thing. Um, and just, you know, it, it just says, what can we learn about growing and th thriving anytime as we face life's altering transitions? Like this is, and this this is the perfect transition, right? We, we're we're pivoting towards okay we don't have our regular soccer training every day we're, we're we don't have our regular school how can we make the most of it and i think we need positivity around us mm -hmm. i think we need support i think uh we have to get out of our comfort zone a little bit and say okay it's not normal what can i do now and you know, I have a list every day, of course, of things that I got to do. Okay, I got, I got you guys. I'm checking you off. I'm feeling good about that. You got the ribs. Yeah. I got ribs going. I, I you flipped I'm, the ribs. Um, I'm remodeling my grandfather's house, and I've been trying to get flooring for the longest time, and so they it finally came in, and then I had to go and get it. So I'm, I checked that off my list. You know, so. Some things will be completed in a day and some things will take a little while longer, but, um, what you're doing it. is setting the goals. Yeah. Find something that challenges you and then set out to do it yeah. and, and don't beat and don't beat yourself up. Right. When it doesn't get done in an hour or a day. Yes. And I was going to say, I feel like what this helps at least me also learn is I can't just be externally motivated all the time. I have to, be able to be internally motivated and I feel like so many girls are pulled towards the things they're doing they're, they go to practice because someone set a time for them and told them to show up at this time or mm -hmm. they're pulled to study because they have a test coming up but now you have to if you can develop that motivation from within instead of needing this, these external things to kind of gravitate you towards what you should be doing that's where all that learning about yourself is going to come into play so and it will help you the rest of your life it's very the true. rest of your life we're seeing some positives come out of this pandemic. Totally. I, I honestly, I mean, I'm terribly saddened by the loss that's happened. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Uh, I want to be perfectly clear, but 
you know, my, both my parents had passed away and people die every day. And, you know, we can, we can wallow in sadness or we can rejoice in memory and good times and make a push to be better tomorrow. I mean, that's a personal choice. I don't, I don't tell people how to grieve and I don't tell people how to um, feel about things like that, but that's the only way I know how to do it. You know? Yeah. It's so important. It's so important for everyone to hear that. Even me. That's why I love talking to professionals like, like you, because I just feel like it always brings me back even like it. Yes. I leave these calls so inspired. It's our, yeah, it is so inspiring. It really is it's like a little therapy session too, as well. <laughs> feels um, the same for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we are always here ready to zoom with you. Oh, <laughs> you guys are, you're like my gurus. I'm going to call you. Should we end some rapid fire questions for Brandy? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, we call it rapid fire, but it ends up not being rapid fire at all because there's tangents and there I have different. to say I'm terrible at this, but I'm going to do my best. Okay, you can be as slow. They're, they're not even questions with fast answers, so don't worry. About oh, that. they're not? Okay. <laughs> right. I'm feeling less stress right now. Okay. All right. All right well, you got one, Carl? Um, sure. What's your favorite number? Six. Is that Six. your jersey? That was your jersey number, right? Yeah. Did you have it forever? No. Um, I only had it. I got it with the national team because every other number was taken. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you get an emotional attachment to it. So it became my number. And, you know, when I went, when I was growing up, I was 11, 11 and 10. And because somebody put in my head, like those were the people who scored goals and who were like around the ball a lot. I didn't really know. But then I went to college and I transferred. So when I transferred to Santa Clara, you know, there was obviously two classes ahead of me, three classes ahead of me that had been there. So my number was 21. So I became, so then I embraced 21. I thought 21 was a great number. But then you go to the national team, you don't get to have 21. Like, you know, you got to have a what would be a soccer number. So six was available and it became mine. That's so true. When you see people with numbers over like 40, like it's always such a weird sight. Like I remember Riley used to have on our team. She, she seven, had, yeah. yeah, she had 77, and I was like, this is so weird to see that. Um, but, you see, but you see that in youth soccer now a lot because in clubs, they don't want kids to have um, matching numbers in case there's some kind of movement up the, um, in an age group, up the age group. So now it, it's very regular that you'll see a kid wear 45 or wow. 36 or something like that. Alana was 13, so when I went to school, I just picked up 22 because it was the only jersey on the floor that fit me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're either the smallest, the tallest, the, yeah. you know. Yeah. I hated having that number. I would have given it to you. If you asked me. <laughs> I didn't want to ask you. I was like, I'm not going to pick I wanted eight, and when I went there, the only number was 13, so I was like, all right, and then I agree to love it. That is so funny. <laughs> all right. Favorite pregame meal? Oh gosh. Um, I'm going to say favorite pre game snack instead is peanut butter and honey and a banana. Mm. Wow. Adding the honey. Mm. Yeah. I love it so much. I I even have it every morning. Well, I have almond, I have almond butter now, so I probably would have had almond butter then. Um, 
but yeah, that was a perfect punch right before, you know, probably on the bus. I would make it at breakfast or depending on what time of the day the game was. But, you know, when we were on the road, so are you talking about favorite pregame meal when we were on the road, when we weren't cooking for ourselves or because we had buffet, you know, it was always oh, a, that's nice. You know, it always had a pasta. There was always a protein. There was always some kind of, you know, carb. I didn't know if you had one that you were like a little superstitious about. No, 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 no. But well, I mean, maybe I was superstitious about the peanut butter and honey and banana because it tastes so damn good. I just <laughs> I'm going to have that tomorrow. No joke. <laughs> so good. So good. Every morning, baby. That's awesome. Shan, do you have one? Favorite book? The one I'm reading is always my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> So right now it's mindset because I'm in this mindset mode, right? Of having this growth mindset and how can I influence my kids to have this growth mindset? And that's this one here. Mindset. Nice. But I have a, um, a friend. I have two friends who are authors actually. Um, and one, one of the series is called soccer sisters and it's for a little bit of a younger age group. Um, but it's kind of this girl who's really, determined to be on the national team and and she's trying to navigate friendships and relationships and school and parents and making good choices and uh let me see if i have her right here uh i'm gonna find it for you but it's the soccer sister series by andrea montalbano and she played soccer at harvard and i met her when she was the producer one of the producers for the today show for katie couric and we just became friends. And um, she's the she's the woman who helps the Armenian women's national team now. Um, and you know, she's just a brilliant mind and a great writer. And it's and she realized that there was a gap for girls, right? So I didn't have books to read when I was growing up about girls, and now there's many more, obviously. But I think she's filling this gap that. Um, young girls need like a strong female character who has her ups and downs has to answer some questions she's got to answer to her parents and she's got to make decisions and so I like that series a lot um and then I have a, a a friend who writes um who writes about a character who is she's a nut really <laughs> hold on let me um let me grab one of them because she's really great. Um, Maria Mernan is her name. And they're, it's kind of like um, trying to think of what series. Hold on. Let me grab it real quick. <laughs> so this is, it's called, well, this one is called It's a Waverly Life. And it's kind of her navigating being single. She lived in San Francisco. Then she moved to New York. And she's she's really talented, but she's kind of, she's kind of out there sometimes. And so it's a fun, it's a fun series of books. Like I think I've read seven of them. Uh, wow. This, is a, this wow. is a four book series, but then she has some single ones. Um, and they're really good. I really enjoy this book. This is a good, you don't, you know, and Mar Maria will appreciate this. And she also is a soccer player and her sister and I played college soccer together. That's um, so funny. But this woman is like, um, it's kind of like the new Bridget Jones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's that if you can, if you know Bridget Jones, you'll know like, oh my God, she's a, a lunatic, really smart, but kind of a mess. 
(laughs) We'll have to look at it. It really has a lot of things going for her. Yeah, I'll I'll read it this weekend. Ah, there you go. Don't (laughs) read this one because that's in the. This is two of four. So, um, but go to Maria Mernan. You'll find her. Uh, Maria Mernan. Yeah, Maria Mernan. They're fun. Uh, We could do a book review. Yeah. That would be be awesome. I actually, Shannon, you'd be proud. I started reading again. Because I really, I'm telling you guys, like, I did not touch a book for, like, 30 days because I was just on the computer reading off the computer. But it's not the same. It's not. It's really not. That's like this whole newspaper situation. Everybody's reading the newspaper online now because nobody wants to pick up the newspaper that's been dropped off. Or at least that's how things are out here. And um, I love the newspaper. And I love doing the crossword puzzle and... You know what I love about the newspaper? I love the comics. Oh, yeah. My son loves the comics, too. I, <laughs> I literally would sit down and look at the comic comics and laugh at them. And my mom's like, okay, at what point are you too old to be doing this? <laughs> never. Ne- the answer is never. never. My grandfather, when my grandfather was getting, like, towards his latter years, I think that was what gave him such joy every day. He read the comics. He um Oh, what was his favorite comic? You know, it was a it was a penguin. No, it was this um oh like Calvin and Hobbes ish. Are you kidding? Calvin and Hobbes is my favorite comic book ever of yeah, all time. I love Calvin and Hobbes and then the other one, which I'm gonna have to look it up and I'll send your way if if um to make sure that you see this one. She's like that's writing like, penguin down. <laughs> yeah, that's what I I love it. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is you know uh, i you know do you see how rapid fire goes we've gone through yeah, it's so, it's so rapid fire i'm really good at this okay what's the next one um describe yourself in three words uh from the way i see myself or the way that other people the way that see you me, see yourself um spontaneous Uh, fun? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, real. I love it. That's awesome. All right. Uh, funniest moment in a game or practice? Oh, not even close. Um, well, well, like, have one, you know? I, or I, I have two, <laughs> if I can do two. Yes. So, <laughs> Julie, I mean, this is how competitive the, the national team is, right? So, we're playing, we would have like competitive days where it was like 2v2s, 4v4s, keep the score. There's going to be a ranking. You're going to know where you are compared to your, your teammates. It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And so Fowdy was on the other team and we were going to play a 4v4. And so there's no referees. Obviously, you're refing yourself, right? Because there's multiple games going on. And there's only so many coaches. So the ball goes out of bounds, and both of us run to get the ball, which for all you soccer players out there, when the ball goes out of bounds, pick it up no matter if it's yours or not, because (laughs) you might just be able to influence the outcome of whose ball it is. So we both go to get it, and literally we're wrestling for the ball, (laughs) right? We're wrestling for the ball. The ball gets inbound. We're still pissed. It goes out. We have this slight tackle. We... Bang! The ball pops out, 
And then we're trying to both get up and we're swearing at each other and we're pushing each other down. Like we're literally having a big time wrestling match and the soccer is going on over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you know, and we're competitive. We want to win. We want our teams to be the best. So I just remember what I loved about that moment was we, then we continued on. Then our team played, you know, each of our teams played someone else. And then as soon as practice was over, it was like we walked off the field with our arms around each other, laughing hysterically. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, I mean, it. the rating of that practice was, you know, R to the extreme. And but we loved each other. Right. So it was like it was so fun and so nasty at the same time. Right? <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, the other one is Carla. Carla is so funny because she's got this dry sense of humor and she'll just look at you dead in the face and say something and have no emotion (laughs) so and this is not something i recommend anybody doing (laughs) um but i'll share it with you because carla would be like yeah i mean you know she she was the captain and we had this referee who she didn't particularly like that much and she would make a call or do something Carla didn't like it. And she'd yell out, sir, sir. It was a woman <laughs> referee. Um, <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir. <laughs> and Julie <laughs> and Fowdy, because Fowdy was, you know, played right in front of us. She turned around, she'd go, Carla, shh, <laughs> And she's like, sir, at the top of her lungs, yelling at the referee from like 10 feet away. <laughs> oh, my God. And I would die every time. I'm like, oh, my God. She's so she's so ruthless. Like, you want that girl on your team. Like, That's hilarious. Oh, my is that, God. Is that a ref you'd have multiple games? Oh, yeah, because we had, we had a lot of the refs, a lot of similar refs for all of the international matches because they, they were, you know, they were trying to get all, they were trying to have all female um, what, what do they call it? Refing teams, right? So, uh, you know, they were giving some referees opportunities to, to ref international games. And so, but we would get repetitive referees and, oh man, Carla would just unleash with the server and I would just die. I love when a teammate like makes you pee your pants laughing. Like, oh my God. Those are, those are the best moments when you're at practice and that happens. It's so funny. So fun. So fun. All right, do we have one more? Uh, I have one. All right. What would, do you, first of all, do you have a boat? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm asking. Like for, like for my uh, bathtub. <laughs> like, okay, because I was going to say, what would you name your boat? I've always, I, I like asking people this question because it's hard. Yeah, I feel like you have to have some, um, you have to have some kind of tricky oceany sea lakey kind of knowledge like, like it has pun, to be punny like pun. it has to be punny yeah, yeah it it's hard um, man i wish i could come up with something I right was, now. i'm trying to think of what i would name mine <laughs> uh, what, what was that yeah what would yours be I, I'm gonna yeah. have to. I'm gonna have to think about this. Maybe we'll text each other later, and everyone has okay. to. Everyone has gonna, to give me what they would name their boat. This is going into my thought bubble of my doodles. <laughs> I need to find a the penguin cartoon 
And now this is, <laughs> what would you name your boat? Uh, okay. Um, it would have to be something about hmm, sea celebration. Um, hmm. That might work somehow, yeah, some okay. way. Yeah, we'll see. We'll let you think about it. Yeah, okay. Thank <laughs> you. That's, that's not an easy one. It's not. It's um, not rapid fire. Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, maybe if you were clever, it would be. But... <laughs> it was slow-burning fire question. Yes, yes. Right, right, right. All right, guys, well... So, girls, girls, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to flip the switch and say... What is it that Soccer Girl Parabs can bring um, during this pandemic that, or what are you bringing that you didn't know you had in your toolbox and, or what have you found in your toolbox that you really are excited about going forward? That's such a good question because I was going to say, we actually have shifted more to catering to like the player as a whole and and being able to offer our expertise in nutrition and staying fit that's something that we definitely have been tapping into to help lady ballers stay, stay exercising and cooking it learning how to cook at home which is pretty huge and something we've never done in the past um and we're also working on a huge project for anxiety and stress management which is such a high Top. Uh, I mean, this is a huge problem right now because everyone's so anxious about what's going on. But that that would be what I would say. What about you guys? I think even now more than ever, I'm learning that the following that we have, like our little lady baller community, they are really finding comfort in being able to relate to each other's struggles even more now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we posted something the other day and we were like uh, – what's like what's something weird that you're missing about soccer right now that maybe you feel weird because you're missing it and people were writing like one person would be like I literally just miss like putting my boots on and then the amount of comments underneath it of people just being like that was exactly what I was going to say like you feel such a sense of connection and in things that you thought were silly and like people are missing like pasta parties and Mm -hmm. and random things but it just really during this time it makes you feel like you're not going crazy inside your own head like people really relate to you and I know we've always taken that from a playing perspective but now we're literally taking the playing out of the reality and these girls are still relating to each other from their own the confines of their own home so that's been really cool to me to see like girls we have like a private Facebook chat group and they'll be like I want to make new soccer friends like add me on on Facebook or add me on thing and they'll all add each other and get a little group chat and they're complete strangers so it's so cool just to see like I feel like the soccer community is just getting more and more intertwined mm-hmm. and more and more connected. And I love to kind of see that. Well, maybe they're, maybe they're just becoming more open. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like kind of spread their themselves in a way that they were, they didn't know they needed to. Well, they didn't need to at the time, I guess. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. I'll follow you on Instagram. <laughs> well, we'll make sure to put all your information in the description of the podcast so our lady ballers can follow you and continue following your journey thank you when when this is all over i want when we always whenever we reminisce about the world cup we always talk about when we went out in the streets of vancouver and just started playing like soccer tennis literally out of the i've never first of all i was so inspired because you just literally wanted to get people 
playing it was right? so, it was so fun oh my god and just like it, it was drawing people that you could tell had never played soccer before and some that loved it and it was and like dads and moms and yep. siblings oh my god so we have to do another pickup game like that when times yeah. are better without a doubt i actually been thinking about maybe i should you know obviously things are starting to loosen up a bit but i, I still want to be mindful of people who are really not really ready for things to be open but I, I really want to host, um, I'm into this tech ball now. Do you all know tech ball? Yeah. We, I, we shared it. We it talked about it. Hard. Huh? Is it hard? It looks very hard to me. Well, I think it's, it, again, I think it's an acquired skill, right? You have the skill to do it. You just have to get the practice in actually in, in that environment. But I think it's a, a great, I would like to do some kind of, um, you know, donations play and you make a donation you get to play and it goes to like you know first responders or feeding the hungry or whatever it is but we get back to kind of doing something soccer-esque yeah and, and contact no it's not it's non-contact and you know um it's a way you know i love the game with partners but we could do it as individuals and i think it would be a great way to for people to feel like, oh, I can still do this and I can help someone else. And so I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about doing that. So I think it's time for you guys maybe sometime soon to be thinking about coming to California. We're coming. We're okay. packing our bags once this is over. They're already <laughs> packed. <laughs> We're already driving. I'm on the plane. Where are you guys? I'm not getting on that plane. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> <in 20 minutes. laughs> I'm on the plane. No one else is on the plane. <laughs> Well, you know, you know what would be actually really fun is that, you know, I, and again, I said the first thing I said about myself was spontaneous. Like, I would put that thing in the back of a truck and I'd drive it 100 miles and I'd take it out. Let's play, move on to the next place, put it out, you know. You have your own tech ball table? I do. Oh, so jealous. That's so cool. It is the boss. I'm telling you right there. Put that at tech ball table, at tech ball in your thing. You know what we're going to do? Listen to this. You're going to love this. You need to be a part of this movement. Oh, my gosh. I'm connecting dots. Um, <laughs> I love these moments. So they're going to start. Like It's like they have international competitions for this. And they also do co-ed. They do co-ed. They do single sex. But I think this, this co-ed situation is going to blow up because the game, like like table tennis, you see in the Olympics, they have, you know, in tennis, they play um sports this this game is not about speed it's not about strength it's not about height you know it, it's really just about um technique and good teamwork and they are these ladies want to start like in clubs having tech ball or okay. tech ball clubs like especially if you live in a place where it's snowy during the winter you're not going outside it's a phenomenal outlet for these kids to play so you're in now. You're on the tech ball team. So start getting your act together. That would be absolutely terrible. <laughs> oh, that is okay. Listen, did we not talk about this earlier? Like positive <laughs> self-talk and you can do it mentality is really the way we th we're thinking right now. Be a tech table master then. Okay. Totally. <laughs> you can keep score then. Okay. That sounds good though, Brandy. So you guys can be in on it. I really think that um, you would be a great support system. I should connect you. Here goes my next thought. <laughs> <button. laughs> 
Here, look at it. Here's my thought bubbles. See? I do have stickies everywhere. I love it. Um, no, but I do use them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, connect. Soccer girl. The lady ballers with the tech table. Tech tech ballers. Awesome. Yeah, I will connect you. You may get an email initially from a guy named AJ, A-J-A-Y, and he'll connect you with, I think it's Carol. Oh, man. I know Carol's one of them. Um, There's three gals that are really pushing for it. Um, And I think it would be great. I think you guys can do really good things together. That's great. Thank you so much, Brandy. Yeah, of course. I like. I want you guys to do great things. You're the best. You've always been so supportive. Oh, I love. I love you. I love your enthusiasm. I love your desire to be. You know, to help other people. I think that's your motivation. I don't see any kind of. We're doing it because we want to be great. I I see you doing it because you want we to be great. Yes. And that's team. I love that. All right. Well, we're going to let you go, Brandy, but it's been so wonderful catching up with you. And we're just, we're so grateful that you took the time to speak with us today. Uh, always. And Shan, thanks for the view of, I don't know what that is. <laughs> is it a lake? What is that? Is that a snow? I'm using my uncle's account because he like pays for uh, the extra stuff. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love that uncle. Everybody needs that uncle. Uncle Dan. Everyone needs an uncle Dan. That's a lake house, actually. Oh, uh, where is that? It's beautiful. Thank you. I'll tell him. Yeah, <laughs> tell him thanks for the scenery. <laughs> so when this is all over, barbecue in the backyard, little tech ball tournament. Yes. Yeah. Sounds it's great. Open, and I will make you some barbecue. I will provide all the music and all the everything you need. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah let's do it. You can. We can even have a slumber party. Oh my god! Can we get tents? Please. I mean, if you want. Yeah, if you want. We can do it. All right, I mean, offer, I was going to offer you something better to sleep on, but no. That's <laughs> all that a I like it. I'm, that's cool. I don't know. I saw somebody do that on Instagram, and I was so jealous. They just like, because they were social distancing, but with the tents in the, somebody's backyard. Right? That's so, like it's so idea. funny. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. Tents. <laughs> Order. <laughs> find out tent sales. Oh, I have three no, I have tents. Lots of friends who who have tents, so I'm. Okay. We're ready to go. <laughs> All right. When we start the RV up to drive across the country, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I want to go on an RV trip across the country. Can mm. I bring my dog? Ray, come here. Let's see. First off, like Ray, come here. Ray, come here. Come on up. Up. Hi. Up. Ray. Oh. Ray. Ray. She's named after the Star Wars character, the female Star Wars character. So cute. Yeah. What kind my of? Son J- my son Jaden named her, and yesterday was May the Fourth be with you. So it was a very Star Warsy day. That's and adorable. We're celebrating her. Yeah, she is a she is a love. She goes everywhere with me. She thinks that she belongs in the car or <laughs> running next to my bike. She's like a oh, human. Yeah. Look at her. I know she's she's fantastic. She's awesome. She's a Bernie Doodle. They're they're the best. Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Thank you, Ray. She's like, I'm done now. Yeah, moving on. She's she's hunting. She's um, watching for squirrels out the window. It's her duty. (laughs) 
Exactly. All right. Peace out, girls. Bye. Take care.